Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Frank James Podcast, the second episode. Oh boy, this is, it's starting to look more like a pattern. Two could be a fluke though, so wait until the third one. (laughs) But I am uh, very happy to be bringing you the second podcast. Last time I was in such a rush to get it up that I forgot to even uh, put any music at the beginning or end, so hopefully I will remember to do that this time around. Because what is a podcast without some sweet, sweet uh, intro music and extra music, if you will. Thank you very much to everyone who watched. You didn't watch the <laughs> Everyone who listened to the first podcast. Oh, dear me. This is, uh, this is like boding really well for the rest of the video, isn't it? Thank you very much for listening to the first, first podcast. I really appreciate it. I am still working on getting it from the SoundCloud to iTunes, Google Play, perhaps even Spotify, cool places like that near you, on a phone near you. All right, so last week, last week I talked about creativity. I picked, (laughs) I just picked this huge topic to tackle of creativity. This week is related, this week is related to creativity. Um, I wanted to talk about the thing that allowed me to write my novel. Now, I mentioned in a video previously, and I think in the last podcast, that I finished the first draft of my first ever novel a few months ago. And there was something that I had to learn. It was like a revelation that came to me that seemed so simple, but no one ever just said it to me straight up in the way that I needed to hear it. And having that one revelation is what allowed me to unlock what I needed to within myself to go ahead and uh, write my novel. And it was a long process. It was a 400-page novel. Um, It took me almost two years to write the first draft. And of course, it's not finished, just the first draft is finished, so I still have to go back and edit it and all that, so I need to continue to apply this principle. But um, it's so stupidly simple, it's almost silly to bring it up. But I I think I need to because it wasn't as obvious as it should be to me. Basically, it came to me from something that Donna Tartt, the uh, writer, said. And I can't find exactly where, where this quote is, but she said uh, something along the lines of, if you're not enjoying something, it's probably because you're doing it too fast. And uh, it could be that this is an apocryphal quote. But she has talked about how she's tried to write fast. She's tried to write like a novel in a year, and she didn't enjoy it. And she actually releases a novel about once every 10 years. She only has three books out under her name. And uh, so, yeah, she writes them slow. And when I, when I was reading that, especially the thing about if you're not enjoying yourself, it's probably because you're going too fast. I was like, huh. That's something because you you have this whole other value system that seems to get a lot more prevalence where it's like, get it done, you know, get it done now, the sooner the better. And then you have other things and I'm not I'm not knocking it, but you have like NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month where you're supposed to somehow churn out a novel in 30 days. Um, so you get these messages a lot of times that if you're not getting something done quickly, and you're not having results, you're not pushing out a finished product, then something's wrong with you. You're, you're not doing it right. Whereas, from the artist's point of view, the finished product really shouldn't be, ironically, the finished product shouldn't be the main goal. It should be what you're doing that day. And that's really what I learned, is that 
you have to let go of the finished product. You have to stop focusing on the end goal or the next big thing within the project you're working on and just focus on what you are doing at that moment. You have to be able to enjoy every step of the journey, every step of the process of creation. And this can be applied outside of the arts too. It's not just in the arts. But I think, you know, sometimes with arts with and with athletics, those two fields, you can learn things that you then apply to your life in general. I've, I've just found this a lot, that even if you don't like sports, if you look at it from a certain angle, there are a lot of things that athletes say and do that are just about, you know, training and whatever for their sport. But then you can, you can take it as a metaphor for life, you know. That's why I like to, to check out uh, athletes and stuff on YouTube and see what they're up to. It's inspiring in other areas of life. So basically what happens is you get too focused on the end goal. So like for me, when I've... So this was the first novel I ever finished. And before that, I had started several novels and hadn't gotten more than about 50 pages in of any of them. And in fact, this particular novel, I had started at least three, if not four different times, and I just couldn't keep going. I would, it would all peter out after a while. And that was because I kept thinking about the story as a whole. I kept thinking about, oh, the cool scene at the end, or, or even just the cool scene a few chapters ahead. Meanwhile, I was just rushing through the stuff I was writing at the time. You know, you're sitting there and writing. Chapter one is always fun because that's the beginning. But then when you get to like chapter two, chapter three, it's like, oh, crap, I just want to get to the end. I just want to have a book so I can show people, you know? A lot of times you you hear aspiring authors, you know, if you go to like forums, writers forums or something, they'll talk about getting through the boring parts of your book, you know, writing the boring parts so you can get to the good parts. And it's like, there shouldn't be boring parts. If there are boring parts, you should just give up, please just close the laptop, spare the reader the boring parts. Now, yeah, there are parts that are more exciting than others, but there really shouldn't be any part of any creation that you're making where you're like, oh man, this is this is bad. I can't wait till I get to the other part. And it was just that, that small realization that I need to forget about the big climax at the end and just focus on this scene that at first maybe seems boring, not a lot's going on, and just do that. Uh, another thing is, you you know, the first chapter is actually usually very easy when you're starting something. I'm great at starting things because you also have that initial burst of inspiration. And of course, inspiration doesn't stay there forever. It uh, goes away after a while. It transmutes into other things. Uh, but more on that later. That all makes it so that you can't enjoy what you're doing at the moment. So I began to just focus on what was I writing that day. And for me, I can't write a lot in a day. I set a word limit for myself at about 600. That was like the goal I was going for. Actually, I tricked myself sort of every day. I would say I have to write at least 500 words and then I would go another 100. And 600 words isn't a lot every day. A lot of people will say write 1,000, write uh, 2,000. Like that's too much. I'd burn out if I tried to do that much. And 600 words... 600 words is like maybe a little over two pages. And you can't even really most times write a whole scene. You're just writing a very limited part of the action of what's going on. Or you're, you're just writing uh, some description or it's a little bit of something. It's only one small step for man in the, in the book you know, and occasionally you get to write the big exciting things and it takes a long time and that's great, but it really makes you have to sit 
with the quote-unquote boring parts because you're writing so little of it. And so if you think of it as being boring and you just can't wait until you get to the fun part, guess what? You're going to give up before you get to the fun part. You need to make where you are the fun part. So there would be days where I'm writing the, a section where the main character is, It's it would be like kind of just the boring part. I'm setting up logistics for something. Okay, I need my character to walk from this part of town to another. And it's really nothing interesting. Who really cares? I just need to put it in there. And if I approach it that way, where it's like, oh, crap, I, I just want to get to the next part, the reader is going to be able to tell. They're going to be like, dude, this writer hated writing this part. But you, you, it's a game. You find interesting things in the mundane, in the grind, in the things that aren't necessarily the climactic points, the big plot points, the exciting stuff that's memorable. And that's what makes, I mean, just talking about writing, I think that's what makes a good book a good book is that the author really enjoyed every part as he or she wrote it. And if you, you bring that to any creative endeavor or I mean really anything in life, if the person who was who was working on that thing enjoyed every moment of it, it really shows. Whereas if there were parts where they're like, oh crap, get me get me through this so I can do the fun stuff, that shows too, I think. You know, if you're too future focused as I am, you're too focused on the big picture, it gets overwhelming too and you don't even want to start. That I mean sometimes just starting can be very hard. Because you're looking at this big, huge thing that you want to accomplish. Oh, man, I want to write a novel. Oh, man, I want to, you know, I don't know, be a bodybuilder. I want to uh, paint the ceiling of the six, the 16 chapel <laughs> or the 17 chapel. Um, and it's like, oh, man, that's so huge. It's going to take forever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, it's going to take a while. And if you keep looking at it as a whole, you're going to quit. You're not going to, if, if you start, you're going to quit because you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be constantly comparing where you are with where you want to be. And that's no fun when you have a huge thing. Maybe it's okay when it's like a small task, like I want to make scrambled eggs. You know, (laughs) you can probably handle seeing the uncooked eggs and comparing it in your mind with the scrambled egg perfection that you have in mind. But when it's a, a big honking deal that you're trying to achieve, you can't compare yourself to future successful you because future successful you has to go through a long grind to get there. Anything worth achieving that's big is going to take a long time. There's, you can't write a novel in a week. I mean, I'm sure someone has, but I doubt that it was... Well, <laughs> I'm making generalizations. The, the point is, if you break things down into what you are doing at this very moment and you're just focusing on that, the sentence you are writing now, the thing you are doing in that moment, it's actually, it's easy. All I have to do is write this next sentence. I don't have to write the rest of the book. All I have to do is one more rep. I don't have to get a six pack by the end of my uh, workout. All I have to do is paint the this little finger on Adam. I don't have to paint the rest of the ceiling today. I, I use the instance of having fun. If you're doing arts, yeah, you need to be having fun. You need to be enjoying it every step of the way. Or, well, uh, I guess there are exceptions because if, if you're creating some really deep, powerful thing, like if you're making Schindler's List or something, yeah, maybe you don't enjoy every step of the way. But there, you have to value every step of the way. As you're creating a work of art, every step you have to find the value in that moment. 
Even in other places of life, though, you need to find the value in that one rep you're doing of lifting weights, etc. This goes beyond the arts, beyond fitness, all that, because in a way, your life, at least the way I look at life, your life is a work of art. It is something that you can experiment with, that you can shape and create, you can transform. You can do anything you want with your life, pretty much. Any great uh, change that you want to make in your life or any kind of like life accomplishment, it's going to take a long time. And it's going to be the result, not of a bunch of huge, big actions, but a bunch of small, kind of mundane steps. Most great transformations don't happen with one huge gesture. It happens with a long grind, a bunch of small, repeatable things. You know, it's like there's that um, Chinese proverb that uh, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. The thing is, though, that the entire journey is consisting of single steps, one after the other. It's not just that it starts with it. Oh, it started with a single step, and then I got on a plane. That one step was just going to the wheelchair so they could wheel me down the, the tarmac or whatever. What do they call it? The jetway? The, the thing that connects the terminal to the... I killed that joke by over-explaining it, but... No, the whole freaking journey is a thousand steps. It's not just the first one. The, the first one maybe is the most romanticized because that's the point of determination. That's when you decide, okay, I'm going for it. I'm doing it. I'm taking this journey. But uh, every step along the way is just, is just as important, and you need to be just as present in each step. I think it's romanticized because inspiration is usually in that first step. Inspiration is great at getting you started, and inspiration can come back from time to time, but... I mean, you've got to know, inspiration is a fleeting thing. It doesn't, it doesn't stick around for very long. You know, it's like falling in love. You fall in love with someone and it's really exciting and whatever at the beginning of a relationship, but that, those intense feelings don't last forever. They change into something else that's a lot more stable and sustainable, you know? Inspirate, I mean, some people, I don't know. I can't, I'm looking back on my own experience. Have I ever been inspired for like a really long period of time? And not in that really exciting way where it's like, I just got to do something. I just got to do it. Like at the beginning of writing my novel, I was, I was very inspired. And actually, I was very inspired when I first got the idea, but it wasn't another, it was another like two years before I actually started what became this draft. And by then the initial really big fireworks inspiration was gone. And I had, you know, I had some fuel there. I was inspired a little bit, like just to want to keep going. It wasn't just a pure, you know, uh, stubbornness. There was inspiration, but it wasn't anywhere near like the intoxication of when the idea first came to me. And if you wait around, if you wait around for that inspiration to come back as strong as it did when you first had it, to do whatever it is, to, to make that work of art, to make that change in your life, to take that first step on the journey, if you wait for it to come back, you're going to be waiting a while. It's not going to come back. That's, and that's not a sad thing. That's just, that's just how inspiration works. Occasionally, it might come back in a, in a little less of a way, but it's always there. I'm starting to not make sense. It, it's always there because it transmutes into something else. It goes from this exciting man, I got to do this kind of thing into a more stable, focused, all right, let's get down to business kind of feeling. That's not as exciting. It doesn't feel as romantic, but it's much more useful, I think. Having the big picture in mind is good when you are like sort of in between work, when you're in a rest period. It's good to step back, 
to see what you're doing, but you can't keep the big picture in mind all the time in every step. If you if you keep doing that, you're going to lose focus. You're not going to be able to continue doing that. You need to just focus on the one step you're taking. The other thing is there's a lot to be enjoyed along the way. If you... Uh, you know, if we take that thousand steps on a journey metaphor, if I'm, uh, or a thousand miles or whatever, if I'm taking a trip to California and the whole time I'm just thinking, I got to get to California. I, I don't care about any of this crap I'm going along the way. I, I just want to go to California. I'm going to miss all the cool stuff in between. And the whole journey is not in California. It's going there, you know? Likewise, man, I really want to have a finished book, but it's not going to get finished unless I just enjoy what I'm doing. The the stupid thing I'm writing on page, uh, you know, 185. If I don't write this little thing and enjoy it, I'm not going to get to the finished product. It's also good to be gentle with yourself, you know, <laughs> because, man, I know I am, there is, there is no one that is harsher with me than me. And you're probably the same way. But when you're doing this, when you're going on these journeys, you need to be gentle with yourself and be realistic about how much can you do in one step and enjoy it and be able to repeat it or at least be able to value it. If you're trying to push your, I mean, you can push yourself, but if you push yourself too much and you're like, I've got to do all this crazy stuff every day in order to reach my goals. And then you, you set these daily expectations that are far beyond what you can actually achieve, then it's, it's not good. You're going to, you're going to crash and burn. It's good to set high expectations for yourself. Yeah, push yourself, see realistically what's the most you can do. But it's okay to start slow. It's okay to cut yourself a little bit of slack every once in, in a while. Now, you know, people, there are some people like the really type A entrepreneurial people who will hear me saying that and they'll be like, no, man, you're going to get eaten alive if you do it that way. You've got to work. You've got to push yourself until you're collapsing. Yeah, if that's what you want to do. And obviously, those people can do that every day. The, the you know, 100-hour work week entrepreneur types clearly they can keep up with it they set a high expectation and they do it now for me if i went out and tried to do that uh <laughs> i couldn't do it unless well then they would say that's a limiting belief man that's why you'll never be rich like me that's why you'll never get all the the uh, money I, my imagination wasn't really picking up the slack there i was hoping a joke would come out and it didn't but no, you, you can be realistic. You don't have to hold yourself to other people's standards, right? I'm sure that I could work 100 hours a week on something that I really believed in, but I've got to set my own parameters for that. I can't let someone else set it for me. You know, other people can pursue their dream of uh, uh, just making money by running a bunch of dropship companies, you know, like... Uh, you see a lot of people do this. It's like they just want to make money. They want to find the way to do it. And they work a lot, but there's really like no soul in it. <laughs> like there's not, there's no expression. Like I live for personal expression and stuff. Creativity, if you will. And uh, so I wouldn't care about that. But like if, if I was able to, sure, I could probably work 100 hours a week on something creative. I could probably do that for, for YouTube or, or uh, some kind of creative endeavor, writing. You have to figure out what journey you're willing to take and then how far you're willing to go in each step. Don't let other people tell you what journeys you should be going on. Sometimes people have, you know, good ideas and the best intentions and maybe someone has a journey for you that you 
wouldn't have thought of otherwise. I don't know. But don't let other people try to tell you you suck because you're not doing it the way they do it because those people don't know you and they don't know what you value and they don't know what else you are capable of achieving. They don't know Jack. Um, that was weird. And if we want to get <laughs> if we want to get real abstract and uh, bumper sticker-ish, the journey could be more important than the destination. Just a thought. Just a thought. It might be. You know, and there's a lot of stuff where it's like, does the journey ever really end? Clearly, if it's like an artistic thing, you know, you create a book. Okay, cool. There's the book. Now I can show it to people. But that, that one creation is just another step in a bigger journey. What's your, what's your journey that you're, you're looking at, you're going down, or you're thinking about going down? And if you really think about it, the destination isn't really the point. Like the destination is what is what you want to achieve, but it's it's kind of meaningless in the face of or it would be meaningless if you skipped the journey. It'd be like who cares? There's something that Alan Watts uh talked about where he said uh life is a dance and the point of a dance isn't to get to the end of it. So much of, he said so much of our society is focused on the outcome or you know the finished product of something, but that's really not the point. And so much of our life is like, you're getting ready for the next thing. You know, you go to kindergarten to get ready for first grade and so on and so forth. Get ready for college. Get ready for your job. But what, what, there are all, all these carrots that are held out in front of you, all these achievements that really don't mean a whole lot. You know, it's, gra- it's graduation season right now. And I always thought to myself, graduation is kind of a dumb thing. Okay, great. I finished this, uh this uh, arbitrary institution. Cool. I didn't fail. I was never really in danger of failing. And <laughs> great. On to the next thing. Who cares? That's that's cynical, isn't it? But, <laughs> but yeah, Alan Watts, uh, life is a dance. It's not about the ending. He also said people don't write symphonies just with the uh, finale. You know, it's not just about the end, the big climax. That's not what it's about. It's about the journey to get there. And you know, if you're not enjoying the journey, it's because you're trying to rush too fast to the destination. If you're not enjoying the journey, like stop. Think about what's going on here, man. What can you change to focus more on on the step that you're taking right now? And that was the thing that unlocked my brain so that I could write that first draft of the novel, something I'd never done before, an undertaking that was bigger than anything I'd ever accomplished. And I'm using the, this, uh, this principle now with my YouTube channel, you know? When you're first starting out a YouTube channel, it's very discouraging when you have, like, you know, five videos and not many subscribers, and you just have to keep putting stuff out there, and eventually you have a bunch of stuff for people to look at, and people are like, oh, cool, let me look at all this stuff, and you just keep going from there. All the comments will be like, Frank, this was, like, the most obvious thing you could have said. Clearly, what... <laughs> At any rate, you all, you all do with that what you will. Thank you very much for listening to this second episode of the Frank James Podcast. Make sure that you follow me on the SoundCloud if you haven't done so already. If I ever get this on iTunes, please follow it there. Give it a rating and a review and say how much you love me. And 
And I'd appreciate that very much. Uh, once that happens, make sure, for some reason, if you're hearing this without having seen my YouTube channel, I have a YouTube channel. I'm Frank James on the YouTubes. Go over there and see what I'm all about over there. All right, you all have a great uh, evening, morning, mid-afternoon, midsummer's night eve, and I will see you here next week on the Frank James Podcast. Cheerio. Don't know why I said that. Bye-bye. <laughs>